Today is June 24th, 2019, and you're listening to episode 11 of Manchild and the Old Guy. He is the Manchild, a bearded 20-something, and I'm the Old Guy, a cynical Gen Xer. This is your intergenerational podcast where we discuss pop culture, faith, politics, and whatever we find interesting. Broadcasting from the basement because that is where mom lets us. I'm the old guy. And I'm the man child. Welcome to our stream of consciousness. Welcome, welcome. Again, we have not done this show on a Sunday. You might be asking why. No, it is not because I died. It is because I was in Des Moines, Iowa all weekend. I did my first ever sales conference uh, for Best Buy, which I'm contractually obligated not to say anything about specifically. But because nothing was... But you you can say Best Buy? Yeah. Uh, So apparently Best Buy is ranked number two or three on best um, learning experiences, whatever, employee training, I think it was supposed to be about. We're ranked number two or three on that. So rumor is there's always um, a Target employee or there's some other store that's right up there with us that's at seminars with us. And they're always trying to get information. So Like a secret shopper? Yeah, like they're trying to get our books that say things in them about how we do stuff. But here's the thing. They're not special. Nothing we do is unique, special, or like different than any other store. It's a lot more free-flowing for Best Buy. Um, again, I can't say anything specifically, but because we never really covered anything specifically, I can talk <laughs> about everything, right? You're so. specifically not saying specifically anything yeah because we didn't really specifically talk about anything other than um certain pieces of plastic you used in certain places when you're checking out you know if that was on a fortune cookie people could take that the wrong way yeah they could and that's why they can't use that to prosecute me is because it makes no sense and it sounds completely wrong i can just say it was a perverted joke or something (laughs) i I don't i'm trying i'm trying to like yeah what's that word not plead the fifth um Plausible deniability. Yeah. You know what? You forgot to turn the TV I, I on. I forgot. How about you turn it on while I keep talking? I can't do that because the remote's oh, over. Oh, you remote over so there. So you get up oh, at- how about How about we do this magical thing where I open the Roku app okay. on my phone that's in front of me. I don't know if you can turn the TV on that Well, way. it should be, right? I can do it upstairs. Right? Well, try I mean, it. I would yeah. assume, unless I'm going to start controlling mom's Netflix while she's <laughs> watching this. <laughs> That would be make her so mad. Slightly funny. Um, let's see. Remote connect. Connect to what? Oh, that's right, because the Wi-Fi is all jankety, so I won't be able to connect to that. Give me uno momento. While he's doing that, um, he was gone all weekend, so he got home really late, and he was tired, and so we didn't uh, record the pod show podcast pod show pod show do our show the podcast yesterday yeah so we're doing it today <laughs> this afternoon i mean we we're gonna do this at like 3 or 30 um but that you know what through 333 must be the worst time for us to do anything the magic number magic number 333 or whatever it is it's quite possible but i i can tell you the bridge going over the river was at a dead stop so I drove way out of my way to avoid it, but that takes me like 10 miles out of the way. Yeah, there, there's like no better way to get around any of the traffic here in Davenport. You got flooding, construction, and overall bad drivers. Um, but anyway, so I had the Best Buy sales conference this weekend, um, and it, it was, it frankly, was killer. 
because I, I the Friday before I left, well, no, the Friday of the day I left, last mm-hmm. Friday, last Friday, um, I worked from 12 to 8.30 p.m., and then I had to leave immediately after work to get to Des Moines, which is a little over two-hour drive there. And then I got to Des Moines, and then I had to check in, and then they were hassling me, oh, my bad, they were hassling me about having to put a credit card down. I said, no, I do not need to put a credit card down. Yes, you do, sir. And they were like trying to argue it's with me. It's for incidentals. No, and I was told specifically by my GM, Jason, and my uh, my manager, no, you don't. It goes on Best Buy's account. You don't worry about that because you're just an employee. Um, and then finally, uh, JR, the cool dude that was there to conduct the seminar, came up and he helped me out. Um, so I got out of that, and then I went to bed, then I woke up, and then from 9 a.m., um, what did we get out? 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. each for Saturday, Sunday. We just sat in a room and did nothing. Oh, don't say you didn't do anything. I'm either. saying did nothing as in like, you learned beep. Off. Okay, yeah. well, we discussed beep very much, and then we went into a lot of detail about beep, 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 and that beep. That's so specific. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm, I probably shouldn't even say that we did beep. All that to say, what are you ranting about today, now that we've established that you visited Des Moines over the weekend and did a lot of beep. Well, uh, to start with... Thanks um, for opening that can right next to your microphone. And you're drinking a carbonated beverage again, which means you're going to belch during the show at some point. And you've got the largest, cheesiest grin. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, thanks. I, I'm drinking passion fruit LaCroix. So before I get my rant, I'll just say, um, because I was driving out of town, Best Buy, <laughs> um, they gave me like $35 a day for the conference for meals. And it just excludes alcohol, but it doesn't exclude anything else. It has to be, like, food-related. So I went to Target, and I bought, like, an eight-pack of LaCroix, because I just went, I wanted to... And you went on a rant about LaCroix last week. Yeah. Well, I, I'm just saying, there's one flavor that I do like, which is the passion fruit. So I wanted to get that again and make sure I did like it. It wasn't just that one-hit wonder kind of thing. Um, and then the girl child was telling me that uh, oh, I had a belch there. I, <laughs> I almost had a belch there. It didn't come... <laughs> um, she was telling me they got an espresso flavor now. What? I gotta try it. How I you, have to try it. I will you... order it here if I have to. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I, I gotta try though. It's espresso. They they put caffeine into it. Anyways, um, another thing about the girl child. She's moving here tomorrow, and you're very excited. I am very excited. So we have an apartment. Well, she set. occasionally listens to the show. Yes, she does. Yes, she does on Spotify. 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 Because it's British, apparently. So, okay. yeah, it doesn't mean anything that to me. Was Other a, than they own If that Anchor. was your British accent, it was, it was terrible. Yeah. I can do Cockney accent, yeah. I'm from southern London, yeah. Give, me, give sound, me your money. It sounds like a muddled Australian, New Zealand, Canadian. Oi, get over here. Get Oi. my taxi, yeah. I'm going to kill you because you're the queen, the queen of wish, England. You. I wish we were on video this week because <laughs> your so face stupid. is terrible. Um, speaking of video, we've talked about video like twice um, in the past couple episodes. Uh, for whatever reason, when editing, the audio does not align with the video. I can match it up um, in the middle, beginning, end, whatever it is. But then any other part of that, it just gets worse and worse and worse and it doesn't matter if i slow the audio down or slow down the video because they're both at the same they're going at the same rate but it's just like just uh i don't know what the word is uh you know it starts it's low an it's, id 10t <laughs> yeah it's an idiot error 
um, and it just increasingly separates exponentially. It exponentially. It's like a little word here and there, and then it just until it's like our video where we're at is nowhere near. So it looks very audio is. Japanese towards the end. Yeah, that's one way of looking at it. It is kind of neat to see us both uh, sitting here talking, but my camera is kind of cruddy. It's like five megapixels, so and it has the worst um, ISO, so it can't like see in the dark very well. Uh, so when we're doing this podcast, it's really grainy while we're speaking, but you know, whatever. We'll try it again at some point. I'll probably put up the uh, the video for the original episode ten. So we talked about in episode 10 that we did it the first time and the audio came out. Pfft, crap. Well, I can bump the audio up as much as I can on the video I took for the original episode 10. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and thank, thank you. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then I'm going to put that on uh, YouTube or something. I'll put it on our website, uh, which is bloodpumpmedia.com. Um, and, and then you can go check it out and tell me what you think. But anyways, besides that, Girl Child's coming tomorrow. Very excited. Uh, she's going to be here for a little bit at the house. Um and then we're going to go to Omaha uh, for my sister's bridal shower this weekend. And then when we get back Sunday night, uh, she moves. we're going to move some stuff around. And then she moves in Monday. Uh, and then there we go. And life's a box of chocolates. My mom always said, uh, I don't know. What is Forrest Gump's accent? Mom always said stupid is stupid is. Yep, and you're exemplifying that right now. Well, I am your son. I take I take the best qualities that you identify the most with. Um, anyway, so here's here's the big thing. I've been talking. Um, you're very you're very uh, downscaled today. What's I'm very going? downscaled. Yeah, usually it's, you're it's a lot be, more excited. I and, I know, but here's the thing. I can see the computer and where we're at before, and I know that if I get too excited and I start screaming and just getting really into the things I'm saying. Uh, here's what happens. It starts spiking, and then everyone listening to this gets... <laughs> so it's very difficult for me to like really intensify my voice when I'm speaking. Well, you can so do what you're doing right this... now. Just back away from the microphone. So, okay. You, you okay. sound like somebody's taking one of your batteries out. Well, I can do, like, I can do <clears> an <throat> NPR sort of thing if I really need to. Thank you for listening to Planet Money this week. We're sponsored by Family Mutual. What? I don't know. Does that even remotely sound like it? I don't a little. It's a little it, NPR. It could. It might not. Who knows? Anyway, so one thing I want to talk about is Designated Survivor. I've talked about briefly before um, that I've been watching this Netflix show, uh, Designated Survivor. Well, it's not originally a Netflix show. It's an ABC show after the second season that got canceled. And spoiler alert, if you haven't watched uh, the first two seasons shut up because i'm gonna spoil them um so the way well, the show begins yeah just say look the first two seasons at the, a like, few minutes now oh boy that was loud sorry my ipad what? just i'm what? i'm trying here man i'm trying i'm out of the You're loop all it feels over the like, place i am so sorry man i'm just like you know i was so prepared yesterday to get on the show and i had like everything i was gonna go with but then it just didn't happen and then today's been real weird just like back and forth trying to figure out stuff with the move for the girl child. Um, yeah, in school. So, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm out of it. I don't want to go to work this week. I just want to get out of here. Or like out of town. I want to go back to, anyway, shut up, Caleb. Anyways, okay. <laughs> um, so Designated Survivor starts um, with Tom Kirkman, who is the director of HUD, which is the Housing Urban Development 
He's a secretary of HUD. Um, and then it's the State of the Union. But before the State of the Union, um, the secretary of chief of staff, the chief of staff uh, comes to Tom Kirkman and says, hey, the president doesn't want you anymore. Um, you can resign or you can take this position for the UN in Montreal about housing development for Indians or something. And he's like, well, I need to talk to my wife. And they said, okay. So he didn't technically resign, and he did not technically get fired. He was just put on notice. Um, so he goes home, and before the State of Union, he gets a call saying, hey, you're the de designated survivor, uh, which means that if the whole cabinet and the president, Supreme Court, everyone just dies in an explosion mm -hmm. in the Capitol building during the State of the Union, you are now president. Well, would, wouldn't you know that he's the designated survivor? He survives, he becomes president, and he slowly is rebuilding the, the government. Um, he has a uh, – these two people emerge. One is ends up being the bad guy um, from the bombing. The other is a lady, whatever her name was. She was she's the GOP speaker. So these two people are now part of Congress. They're control Congress, and then he needs to set up uh, the judicial system and all. So he's, he's rebuilding the government from, like, nothing. Um, but one of the re there's a couple of reasons I really like this show while ABC produced it. I've been binge watching it since Netflix has it. Um, it is so wholesome. Like there's no gratuitous sex. The language is fairly mild for what you see everywhere. You see everywhere else on TV and it makes me feel good. It's, you know, even mom said she'd like to watch it. It's got a compelling storyline. And an honorable main character, Tom Kirkman, um, for the show. And I, I, I really like it. And then his politics, while I don't agree with all the things he does, um, because he's the first independent president, I guess, technically, since George Washington. Um, but his whole thing is he's fiscally and defense-wise conservative, but then socially he's liberal, which is kind of where I sit. But I know I'm with the Republican Party. Um but even with his policies, it's like, dude, you might as well just be a Democrat, which comes up in the show later on. Democrats are trying to make him the head of their party because, like, everything he's passing is just a Democrat. And then he just throws a bunch of money at um, the defense budget. So what, what's this got to do with? I, I'm, I'm just getting into stuff. Okay, I'm trying <laughs> okay. to explain the overall story. Anyway, he, there's all this drama about conspiracies, overthrow the government. The VP ends up being a bad guy trying to kill the president. So the VP ends up almost telling this whole so story. So this show has become your soap opera. I, I wouldn't even say it's a soap opera. I, honestly, um, yeah, I mean, I guess this, the story is kind of like a soap opera. Um, but it's a really interesting take on what happens uh, for the president. Because when you're watching it, you just see this president that's – Every single moment he has no free time, there's something coming up, the dumbest thing possible that we don't even think about. But someone says, oh, you took a photo with this ex-con that killed his wife. Do you condone uh, marital abuse? You never think about how impactful that is for like just a dumb question. But when it's hitting the news lines, everyone in the White House is working against it 24-7. Because that's going to spin the narrative one way. And one thing I really respected about the first two seasons was that um, it's it's Kiefer Sutherland. So it's mm -hmm. 24, but he's president. Um, he's super honorable. Like he just – they call him Honest Tom, the Americans do in the show. It, he's just he, – he's like, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm learning as I go. And he, he's doing everything he can to build up the government. And he – 
the show. It's I almost think, like you believe he's actually the president. It would be pretty cool if he was. I would vote for him if 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 this was a real character in you know in real life running with the credentials he has. Yeah, I think I would vote for him. Um, but one of the things is the show is fantastic example of leadership. Right. Why, so why is this? Anytime he thinks the ship's gonna like go down, like his presidency's over because someone's making a hoot talking about how illegitimate he is and they're trying to enact like the 25th amendment well i think they tried to do that twice he goes around and he thanks every one of his staff and he says hey you know what i really appreciate you every new staff that gets hired in the building doesn't matter if they're a temp worker they're there for one week or whatever he always uh pulls out two minute session where he sits down just talks to him gets to know him a little bit gets to know him in two minutes well, he's the president. I'm gets to know him a little bit. I'm just saying, like, you know how many hundreds of people that work in the White House? That's a lot of minutes there. I'm, but it, the whole yeah, thing is, yeah, he's the president. He doesn't have time for that, right? But he makes every effort he can to be upfront with people. And if you're new, he'll sit down, and get to know. You. Like he wants everyone to feel valuable. That's the thing. He's not a politician at all. He's the president, though, which is such the weird dichotomy where he doesn't. He doesn't tow party lines or whatever. He's his own thing. He's like, okay, Republicans don't want to do it. Democrats don't want to do it. Well, screw you guys. Executive order. There. Um, job done. Shut up. You know, it, it's like that. that's what I would want Trump to be, mm-hmm. except Trump's kind of a, um, a, a Jack Russell thug. thug. A Jack Russell thug? What, what is that? Dog. The Jack booted thug? Jack booted thug. There that's... you go. Jack Jack booted thug. No, he's not, because that's actually a reference back to national socialists that were the Nazis. Okay, okay, whatever. Anyways, here's what I'm trying to say at the show. Screw you, Netflix. Screw you so hard. I have finally finished the second season today, and it ends with this amazing, like, you know, they're real. So here's the thing. Um, Tom Kirkman ends up bringing on a former president, President Moss, um, to be his secretary of state. Well, as secretary of state, he kept making these backroom deals with countries to get things done. He's claiming he's doing it for the best of the country. President wants to indict him on this, but wants totally impartiality. Uh, so he, he has Michael J. Fox, which is great to see him acting again, uh, comes on. <laughs> oh, very nice, Dad. <laughs> he comes back onto the show, um, and then he's uh, Ethan West. He's a prosecutor, but he's a special counsel kind, um, and he. The president told him, hey, do not report to me. You would report directly to the attorney general, and then I'll hear about it at the end. I don't want any part of this. And the whole thing is to find all these issues with former President Moss and put him in jail because he's leaking classified documents um, and conversations going on in the White House, and he's making backroom deals. Problem is, the evidence they figured out that he was doing this was illegally obtained, um, and that's the recurring theme was that at the end it becomes the – President Kirkman. So what's... Dude, I'm just saying, this is the cliffhanger where they're going to indict the president, okay. and then it's a sitting president, and he's like, I'm not going to resign. If I, have, if I have to go, I have to go. That's what it is. But I'm not, I'm not going to walk out. They have to get me out of here. So what's me. this got to do with Netflix? Let me get to it. Okay, so all this stuff is happening. Bam! Episode 21's done of season two. So waiting for season three. And then season three picks up. I want to gouge my eyes out. The the setting of the White House doesn't look the same. It's like they tried to make it look like the East Wing or West Wing um, from, what was it, the 90s? The West Wing. Yeah, it was all kind of bright all over. That's what the look. They get rid of all the classic White House styling. It looked, They're trying to make little rooms look more modern. They're adding 
lots of gay characters and romantics and then there's like this the sexy stuff is like steamier and then within the first five minutes they moved it totally towards uh, house of cards or something like that kind of i mean tom kirkman's still tom kirkman but it's just it doesn't feel right because within the first five minutes there's a staff member saying well this is a cluster which is totally not part of that character and then it's not part of the show it's it and then the sets all while they look similar do not look the same they look cheapened like they didn't want to put in the effort that abc did and a lot of the the shots um which is something i hate a lot of people do is where either they add the artificial hand holding to the camera or they're literally just holding the camera where's the steady shot it's a really good clap like i think it's so they filmed it like they're filming cloverfield like there's someone's it's just a profile shot of someone speaking and then it's just kind of shaking gently why why even add that because that wasn't that wasn't the cameraman that was that was added in like after effects why even put that in there there's no reason to uh and then go ahead and sneeze dad do it no i was actually getting ready to yawn because i'm Oh, so bored. So bored. I'm sorry that this show is so incredibly boring to you. Don't move the microphone. I'm just saying, I I am, because I don't want to, like, blow the microphones out. You're going to be just fine. Okay, I'm going to be just fine, so I'm just going to say what I'm going to say. I am so sick of this. It's like, at first, when Netflix was getting all these shows like Longmire um, from ABC or wherever the heck else it was on TV... They it went really well and they carried on. The show ended because people just wanted that closure about that television show. But this, for crying out loud, you just screwed up a show that was wholesome. It had like great examples of leadership and taking care of your staff, your subordinates, all this, and you're just throwing it out the window. And then you're throwing in more and more politics to the point where it's it's a show about the White House. You no, know, but I'm I'm saying like they're throwing in politics like LGBTQ. Uh, Black Lives Matter, like those really have, like even in the show oh, they so don't they're, they don't they're do going North, intersectional on all the politics or, or whatever it is. I th- like there isn't a uh, North and South Korea. There is East and West Honshu, and then there isn't. Um, Are they afraid of offending the North? N- Koreans? No, it's it's because everything's <laughs> not exactly because you can't. So it's just, an alternate reality. That's sort of, I guess. There's a fun thing in the first season where before they talked about what year it was and which number of president it was, there's a picture of Obama on the wall. So the president just died is presumably supposed to be the president after Obama. But then as they're speaking, I'm like, well, it's 2018, and I'm the president, Tom Kirkman. Okay? It, like, it, 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 just, it doesn't line up. So, but you were... So they bombed Trump? Uh, no, it's just like the, the the original president with this old white dude. I don't know what his name was, but the thing is, the President Moss wasn't on that wall of presidents that they had up in the in the show as they're walking down a hallway. So it has but continu- Obama was yeah. The continuity does not con- work well, and they're like, "I'm a former president." The, what decade? Because there's no way you were a former president because you weren't on that wall. But well, Obama probably, was, and the show didn't started have a like photo. He's just so old it was an oil painting. No, he's not that old though. He's like fifties, maybe sixties. But you get Obama, and it's like, wait, the show started in like 2014. But it, it but, so, anyways, it's just kind of weird. But here's one thing: is they're throwing all these real life politics into the show, mm-hmm. where the show addresses a lot of weird issues. Or at least issues that kind of affect our culture. And it's just an interesting way uh, for us to talk about it. And So what you're saying is, go ahead and watch the first two seasons, but pass and, that. Yeah, after that, just be like, the, 
it was a sucky ending for season two because you feel like everything's over and there's some parts that need closure, but my understanding is it was canceled after season two and Netflix decided to pick it up. Thought they could pull some viewers in from ABC. Yeah. I mean, I know that's what they did. I don't know how you'd get someone to really go over and talk about that kind of stuff. It seems really stupid. Like the come over from ABC to watch Netflix just for des- designated survivor. If, if I was actually around watching on TV, I might've really been into it. Cause it, you know, honestly, until until yeah, it's a it's a great show. I'm gonna finish watching season three to see if the show wraps up or if it's gonna become a season four, um, because I am interested in the storyline, um, vaguely. But I'm more interested in Tom Kirkman as the president and how he would Would you ever be interested in how seriously they're gonna screw it up? Yeah, that's one of the other things I want to see. Like where the heck this goes to the point where, like, characters become gay suddenly, which. I, I totally have a feeling they're going to start doing it. There's going to be a character that's obviously not gay, but becomes gay. They do some good jobs talking about, like, the fentanyl crisis. But then other things, it's just blowing out of proportion. How, <laughs> well, you need to address the tech community and the gay community, LGBTQ community. You, you don't do any of this, so you're not good at anything. But at the same time, there's a great subplot about how the new chief of staff is constantly leaving the White House because his wife is sick. The reality is she's addicted to fentanyl, and he keeps putting her in rehab. And it's just this side plot mm-hmm. that no one really knows, which is really interesting to like show the highlight. You know, this really successful politician guy in the White House, he has all these issues going on in real life, and that really affects what other Americans are doing. I think that's very interesting. But then when you throw this well, I'm gay and black, and I like computers, kind of storyline into it. Man, it makes me want to turn it off. It doesn't make me interested in it. And that's one thing with my culture is it's like if a show is just a show and it does not involve real-life politics, it does not matter. I think it's totally stupid. I think uh, a lot of shows, if they're supposed to be reality, should involve some level of realism to them, even if it's Andromeda. Where you just this talk about politics we're having in the show and then discuss it in a creative way or, you know, figure out your own solution to it, whatever you want to happen well, to it, but not just... Yeah, that's called melodrama. Well, whatever. I'm just saying, like, here's an issue about guns' rights. Great. We'll make a show where you change guns' rights and then you show the aftermath or, like, you know, maybe it works out, maybe it doesn't. You, you know, create a story where everything you want to happen in the world let it happen in this world, and you know you can come up with however it'll work. If you can convince me that this will all work through a TV show, well, cool. If you can't, well, sucks to be you. But those would be interesting, not this. So the, I'm a. It's a pol. It's just a show, and we're throwing intersectional politics and virtue signaling everywhere. But you never address it. Great, you're a gay computer tech guy uh, that's black that just so happens to be black, and you work in the White House. What is that address? Nothing. You're just stating it to state it. I am a conservative Christian white male. Great. That doesn't mean anything. I'm just stating some adjectives about my being, my own person. It means absolutely nothing. So if you're going to make a show, like, do something, (laughs) okay? Don't just... I'm a gay guy, Ooh, and it, then bam, they the get by a truck, and that's uh, it. 
no, I, I've never watched this show, uh, so I vaguely know what you're talking about. But it sounds like what you're saying is for the third season that they wrote a whole bunch of stuff down on dice and threw it out on a table and went, oh, there's this, 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 and this guy, and they're on this dice that says that they did something, and they just threw stuff out on a, a table full of dice with random stuff on it and went, oh, here's an episode. Well, the episode I'm on right now is about child brides because some Saudi dude comes to take a picture of the president. president leans over and is like, oh, what's your name? Sally? Oh, how old are you? 14? And then he shakes her hand and says, well, are you having fun here in D.C. with your father? Saudi looks down and says, that is not my daughter. That is my wife. And the president goes, <gasps> and then looks at the camera and they take a photo and it's on the news. Ch- the president supports gay marriage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> pedophilic marriage and underage marrying. Blah, 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 blah. I didn't mean to come. So what you're, ultimately to sum this up, what you're saying is you're disappointed in Netflix. I, I'm yeah, I'm disappointed in Netflix. I'm disappointed in the writers for the show because well, I'm guarantee you it's not the same writers. No, it's not. Um, you know, Keith or Sutherland is just doing like a great, great thank job in the show. That. Thank you, yeah. thank you, thank you. Doing a great job in the show. Um, but that's that's the main impetus of my rant is it's in anything that's really good and it gets successful, just keep it close to you until you die. I know that sounds funny and I'm going to relate this to a lot of stuff in life, whether it be a car company you start, whether it be a product you bought, it's a story you write, whatever it is, just keep it close to you. Because if it gets big enough and it gets successful enough, you're going to give it away or someone's going to buy it from you and then everything you worked for is going to be trampled on the ground, and it's going to be totally, totally different than the way you create it. You know, if you write some great story, and someone's like, hey, why don't you give me the rights to make a movie instead of you doing it and being the director to make a movie? Oh, okay. Then you end up with, you know, all your characters end up being bisexual and black and gay. I mean, do you really think the original creators of Toy Story wanted Woody and Bo Sheep to be gay? I what? didn't. Did you see the movie? Is that what it is? That's what the the covering of it is. Woody's like portrayed yeah, d- as bisexual, and well, Bo Peep is portrayed as lesbian in it. Until you see the movie, I, I'm just I'm I'm just saying. Would the original creators want that? I'm gonna go pretty hard and say most likely not. But yeah, after iteration cares. of iteration of something, yeah, yeah nobody cares thing, about how they're influencing kids' minds anymore. Yeah, and, and, you know, that's another topic, but beyond just influencing kids' minds, it's this so stupid thing where if you make something beautiful or you just make something good that's wholesome, like, everyone can watch it. it it's not going to offend anyone, but everyone can appreciate what it is. Why is it that those things always get trampled on and destroyed and have to have some new political agenda behind it when the original show, like for Designated Survivor, was not to have an agenda? It was just a dude trying to rebuild the government. Like, there's only the president and one woman alive that is technically all of Congress. And they have to rebuild the government as soon as possible. So it seemed like you were really enamored with that concept. Well, yeah, because the the guy, he didn't want to be president. But during the line of secession, he became president. Well, and there's a lesson there that some of the best leaders have not wanted to be leaders. Yeah. 
but because they have a certain qualities that helps them do that. Leaders are not born. They are made. Or mm, how, yeah. What is that saying? Leaders are not... Leaders aren't born. Leaders are made. You're made into a leader one day, and that's the best thing. Yeah, versus depending being... on what leadership guru or philosopher you talk to. Yeah. Hey, um, before you get started, because I'm sure we're going to go into that B block, I just want to say... Uh, have you looked in the mirror lately? What? What is it? I oh, I just say on all these shows, man. I have no idea what you're. Come talking on, about. think. Use that electrified piece of meat in your head to figure out what meat. is going on. What possibly do you think I am referencing towards? My headphones? <laughs> yes. What? They're on backwards again. It just doesn't matter. It does too. One makes you look like a moron, the other doesn't. And then, you know what? They, you they know fit, what? They, I sit, just... they sit flush against your ears. How can you not tell? It's they like sit if I put flush my, against my... my ears the other way? No, they don't. I can take... You want me to take a picture? Oh, here. here. Okay, I will take a picture right now. I'm going to do this for my dad because he, he just doesn't get it. Okay. All right, like... Let me let me focus in on your face. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Da, 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 da. It's sorry, I'm just it's dark in here. Okay, great. Now switch them the other way. I okay. Don't so see what here, the... here's what we're gonna do. You can see how right here in the ear, it is flush. I'm showing you my iPhone. It's yeah. flush to your head. Yep. Now go to this one. My eyes are closed. It is not flush to your head. It's because like a... those are angled to go on your ears. Because your ears aren't flat. What? Like the top of your head. It doesn't flat. matter because It does too matter. I hear you the same way. I don't care if you hear me. I am I'm the I'm the sorry son of a gun that's gotta look at you the whole episode. And just feel bad for you, Dad. Well, with that I love you, Dad. We want to take a, a moment to acknowledge all of our stream of consciousness listeners out there. And if you found value in this podcast, please utilize our Anchor app or the PayPal link to donate and support the show. Links can be found on our website, bloodpumpmedia.com. You can also cross your streams of consciousness with ours by emailing us at manchildpost.com or theoldguyatpost.com. We want our listeners to interact with each other. And so look for MCOG pages on Facebook or Gab.com. You can also listen and share the Twinkie through YouTube once we get our video stuff actually running well. (laughs) But we'd love to hear from you, your suggestions, your comments, so that you can help produce the show. And if you like what you hear and you're finding value and entertainment in what we're doing, although Designated Survivor went on a little too long, that all means... <laughs> Man, you want me to have an opening. There's the opening. Okay? Then by I, I all means, tell it, others then... about the show, the Twinkie. That's our formula. Oh. Cross the streams. Cross the streams. I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. <laughs> yeah. Why do We're... you sound so depressed? Why do I sound so You're depressed? Like... <sighs> and with that, we want to make a moment to acknowledge all the streams of consciousness. Do you want me to listeners. rewind and do No, no, no. I don't want you that, to rewind. I'm coming out I'm of your... Saying, I'm coming out of my... Th- yeah, I'm... come out of it like headstrong. You know I don't think you look like a moron. I just think it looks stupid having your headphones on the other way. You don't look stupid, but the headphones definitely on you look stupid. 
So I'm not, I'm not making fun of you. I'm just making fun of the things you choose to do. <laughs> you know, it's like laughing with you. I'm not laughing at you. I'm just laughing with you because because you were disabled or somehow. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a few don't be like this guy stories again this week. Yeah, okay. And the first one is something that is driving me bonkers. Like um, headphones? The, my headphones don't drive me bonkers. They drive you bonkers. <clears throat> and um, this is a story from the University of Minnesota where it was reported to the campus bias response team, which is a red flag to me already, uh, that a restaurant staffer was turned in for mistakenly saying hello in Japanese to an Asian American student. So basically, I'm assuming he said konnichiwa to somebody who was Asian looking and that that student got severely um, offended by this and turned this restaurant staffer into the campus bias response team. So the greeting by a female employee reportedly confused the student and the staffer then asked the student where they were from and it remained unclear if the employee was Japanese or not. And the student said Wisconsin, prompting the employee to laugh it off and wish the student a good day. But the student was apparently offended by the interaction and urged the campus's bias response team to address such microaggressions oh, and, other so acts, that word. and other acts of what the student viewed as implicit bias. These types of microaggressions occur too opposite, too often on campus. Too the opposite st- on the campus. <laughs> stu- who... Uh, wrote the student who submitted the complaint and uh, the college fix reported this implicit bias needs to be addressed. And this kind of stuff this drives is me such bull crap. Yeah. I don't be that guy. If somebody said Kanichiwa to me, then whatever. I mean, I know I'm not Asian. Is but... it one of those things where you constantly think about what ethnicity you are? Like if someone comes over to me and says, uh, howdy partner, <laughs> Because I'm just a white cowboy is probably the closest thing I look to besides uh, <laughs> a uh, white cowboy. I don't know. I mean, it's you pretty American. More, if well, you kind of look like a lumberjack, I guess. Yeah, you know, whatever. I was in Canada. People knew I was American. If someone came up and said, "Howdy there, partner," or you know, "Hey, you Midwesterner," I I wouldn't think about anything. It's like, oh, hey, how's it going? Yeah, I, because it, we're not in some a foreign country where there's a standardized greeting. There is a like common yeah. greeting. Hey, hello, how was your day? But in America, like I, I say to people all the time, "Como esta?" I say "Guten Tag," um, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I've got bumper stickers of fifty-five different ways to say "Good morning" or "Hello" on them. Uh, what's the difference? Yeah. So and who wh- cares? Why is it that this person's ethnicity is the first thing top of their head? And I'm not saying anything about them. Like, oh, they shouldn't feel offended. You know what? I don't know the whole interaction maybe there's more than that maybe the news is you know messing with it one way or another but for crying a, a bias commission or whatever no, bias defense bu- team response team response team that implies that they're going to respond to this issue i don't know if it's actually from campus or not um but i definitely have yeah, a feeling i need to be the playing the communist theme song again that's what i feel like i need to be playing Listening to you that. You're going to start playing Soviet Union stuff again? Oh, dude, it sounds so good. No, it doesn't. 
Just like communism sounds so good. No. Well, you, you know what else it. sounds good is the next story about don't be that person or don't be that guy. That was one of the worst transitions I tra- ever. I tried really. You, you were like, you know what else is? Uh, you know what else is good, guys? Yeah. Well, this other story. This yeah, this story is about women who are accept- accepting dates from guys just to get a free dinner. Yep. There's a trend that has emerged on the dating scene in which a person schedules a date with someone they aren't really interested in just to get a free meal, and the tactic has been dubbed a foodie call. And while it sounds absolutely ridiculous at first consideration, new research reveals it's happening quite often, and some researchers from uh, Zusa Pacific University and UC Merced had uh, 357 heterosexual women answer a series series of questions about their personalities, thoughts on traditional gender roles, and their personal foodie call histories. And interestingly, 33% of participants admitted to engaging in at least one foodie call. Now, I didn't do a lot of dating when I was in college, but there I never dated anyone who simply let me take them out so they could get a free meal. So this concept is very foreign to me. Dunk and twice. I would be super offended if somebody did this to me. Yeah, so you, I, you could make a, a day and night argument about it back in your day. Um, but like, that's happened to me twice. One of them, you know, you wouldn't know them. Um, actually, I think they're, <coughs> I think they're a quote-unquote guy now. Uh, I think they transitioned. I don't know. I, I don't remember what her name was. It was it doesn't Anyways, but the other person was Angel, November sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because right after her and my brother are getting together, they're like, "Oh, you guys should go out or whatever." And I was like, "Oh, okay." So we went around town. We went around to Memorial Park, Nomaha, and we were just walking around and everything. I don't know, I thought it was fine. And then she's like, "Oh, you know, I'm super hungry. Can we go to Five Guys?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure. We go to Five Guys." Oh, I forgot my wallet. Can you pay? Yeah, I never got paid back. And then it was like it. I mean, not like I was super interested. It was supposed that. to be a Dutch treat or something. I, I don't know. It was just like, obviously it was a meal and that she was it because it definitely bailed out after that. Uh, well, I never know you did that. What is interesting is the study found that among groups of women, those who admitted to foodie calls scored higher in the dark triad of narcissism, psychopath, psychopathy, and Machiavellianism. Hmm. So those are personality traits of women who tend to uh, engage in foodie calls. Which, yeah, you could see that. A bunch of selfish witches that are taking guys for their... Witches, whoa. You're going to make the Wiccan uh, part of our audience feel a little ousted here. (laughs) I I doubt there's any Wiccans listening to this. But anyway, it's really weird hearing you say the word foodie call. (laughs) Because it's just it's just a play on words for booty call, and it's just really weird to hear you say that. <laughs> Can you say the words booty call? Booty call. Oh man, that just is a weird, weird thing to come across my earwaves. Well, I'm glad I can amuse you in some fashion. Oh, you do it every time. You put the headphones on. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's it's not that hard to uh, you know. I, that's split the way up. they naturally sit on my head. No, they do not. Because you know what? Headphones aren't natural. 
they're designed specifically to go in your ears a specific way. So why is it you put them on the exact opposite way they're designed to go on? I don't even want to go any more of a topic on this because you're wrong. You're completely wrong about this. Okay. Just so it's, um, there was a completely wrong story recently in the media about how Roundup's getting into people's breakfast cereals. Oh, it was for Cheerios. Well, I, okay. There was originally specifically Honey Nut Cheerios. Okay, there was there was originally a thing. I guess Honey Nut has the most parts per million. Or yeah. What, what is the uh, um, not Roundup? What is that one company? Uh, Monsanto or something. Yeah, Monsanto. That's in, yeah, they're the ones that do all this stuff, right? Yeah, okay. So originally it was Monsanto is found in Heart Healthy Cheerios Mon- or something. Oh, Monsanto's Mon- a company. It's oh, not okay, a chemical. Okay, whatever, whatever the com- chemical is in um, No Agenda they always talk about is killing people. Not well, Chantex. It's different, but Monsanto's yeah, the company. Okay, Monsanto's. They're, they're involved with all this kind of stuff. It was just about basic Cheerios. They say it's heart healthy, but it's really killing you. Monsanto's is that blame. I remember seeing that as headlines, but apparently now it's just Roundup. Well, Roundup has this chemical. I've, I never pronounce it correctly, but they'll say it. Uh, I have a little, about a two-minute segment out of the Glenn Beck show mm-hmm. from the other day. And uh, Stu who's the one of uh, kind of Glenn Beck's right-hand man. Now, Stu's kind of an interesting character because um, he understands the science behind all this. In fact, he understands it so much that um, a couple years ago, he drank a whole glass of Roundup to prove that it's not cancerous. What? Yes. And so I know I, not, okay. when he talks about these kind of things, now, Nor, I, I listen to Glenn Beck once in a while and, you know, over the years, you've come to me and said, "Good Beck said that." I said, "Well, you just always got to think he's Chicken Little, because that's oh, who Glenn, that's who Glenn Beck is." But Stu gave this little synopsis of this story that came out recently, and I think it's quite uh, interesting. So I want to, I want you to listen. Can you to just it. drink Roundup in general? Like, let's just neglect the cancerous thing or not? Isn't it like poisonous? No. It actually, but, but I mean, if you, to, when I had to spray it on campgrounds of work as maintenance, you had to wear gloves and goggles, and you can't get it well, on your skin or whatever. Well, let's just, listen. Listen to what okay, he has to I'm, say, and then we'll. I'm curious. Go we'll, for it. Go we'll for go it. from there. Got to warn you. They found ways to. Oh, man, it's just the it's just the big uh, cereal companies <laughs> that want your children to die of cancer. Ah, and yes. They found another way for. For to get that cancer into your kids, yeah, if you saw, sugar cereal. If you saw these headlines, uh, Honey Nut Cheerios is going to give your kids cancer. Uh, basically, is almost mm. you know a study found that if you, they found dangerous levels of glyphosate in in these cereals, glyphosate the thing that's in yeah, Roundup. Yeah, but it makes your heart healthy. Right, it makes makes your heart healthy. Whatever, I don't so. care what the bee tells me. It's delicious, <laughs> and I'm eating it. Uh, whether it gives me right. cancer or not, I'm still going for it. But so I decided to look into the actual details of the study, which is just it's absurd. Yeah. So, first of all, it comes from this, like, left-wing environmental group, um, and it is a not, shockingly, not peer-reviewed. I thought peer-reviewed science was the only way to do science. Not peer-reviewed. Hmm. They did not release their data. They did not release their methods. They're just telling everyone that we found this, and we swear it's true. So, you have to, first of all, take the, AI, you know, face value, this environmental group that's against, uh, against uh, you know, the you know, Roundup and glyphosate and everything to believe that. But for, let's just take them at their word for a minute, just for the you know, for the thought experiment here. How do they? F- so just uh, pause it there for a second. So this study comes out, and 
It's not even a study. There's no data behind it. It's not been peer-reviewed. Every major. This is just someone writing stuff out and publishing just, it onto the internet. Basically, and all. How the, does this stuff get out? How does this? Isn't there like some commission where you can't publish this kind of stuff because it's so that, such false information? It can actually harm people or something. I probably, but the the thing that gets me is that every major media outlet jumped on this. I was reading it all over. It was even on Drudge Report for a while. The um the whole thing about. This stuff being so terrible for you simply came out of this article or this study, quote unquote, that these people produced. And it, it's not peer reviewed. It hasn't been duplicated. Nobody knows their testing methods, which every scientific journal, if you put some kind of study like this in there, there's all of these. Yeah, they show the complete control. All the, yeah, so it has none of this. None of this. And it, it drives me nuts. That's that, nuts. That people jump on this and then it gets into Someone the, had to have it out for Cheerios. Who who was it? Uh, great great grains. Gen, General, General Mills. Mills. General yeah. Mills. Uh, someone's have to have it out for Maybe like Monsanto someone made does. Monsanto. Figure out what is toxic when it comes to levels of chemicals. We all know that everything has a toxic level, including water, right? Like you drink too much water, mm-hmm. you will eventually die. So mm-hmm. there's a toxic level of mm-hmm. everything. So how do they do this with something like glyphosate? What they did is they first go to a species that's much more likely to get cancer than us, which is uh, mice. And then they just load these things up. I mean, they load these mice up with mice to see if they can figure out what the toxic level is. So they take the absolute minimum level that may cause harm. It's about 140,000 milligrams a day. Then, because they want to adjust it for children, they lower that number by about 80%. Okay, so now you're at 30,000 milligrams a day. So this is... What, what he's describing here is exactly when I was a kid, uh, what they did with uh, the pink, um, oh shoot, the name just escaped me, the pink sweeteners. Uh, oh, oh, the aspartame? Not aspartame, that's the yellow one. Uh, uh, sucrose, saccharin, saccharin, sorry, saccharin, it took me a second to come up with it. So saccharin's the pink Sucrose is one. Well, sucrose is a fake one, but another fake sugar. But uh, saccharin's the big one. And how, they they loaded mice up. This is back in the 70s. They like were pumping mice full of saccharin. And they all got cancer. Yeah. And so for a long time, saccharin wasn't on the market. Because it caused cancer in mice. So therefore, by virtue of that, it's going to cause cancer in humans. But what they didn't release was uh, that they were pumping like 10 million times the amount that would cause cancer in a human in a little tiny mouse. Yeah, well, it's the same thing they've been done, done with studies um, uh, well, for nicotine and caffeine, where they talk, you know, in California now, caffeine is considered a cancerous uh, substance. So all cups and everything that have coffee in them have to say it is a cancerous subject cancerous thing by the surgeon general it's just like uh, the dumb things people say about um nicotine is that people are like well nicotine kills you and it gives you cancer but like out of all the studies people have done is like nicotine is eerily similar to just caffeine it doesn't have the quite same effects yeah, but it's it deal- the other garbage in cigarettes that cause yeah it and but they're like well this one study did stuff just with nicotine and it gave someone cancer. No, it gave a rat cancer. But the thing was, the equivalent 
of like nicotine they were giving this mouse was like 150 packs an hour. Mm-hmm. You, there's no one that can take that. And then that one study where people screwed up and um, they're saying, well, five cups of coffee can kill somebody because they sent these guys to the hospital. Well, what they screwed up in that study was, and it was on the news, I remember when I, when, when it happened, was, or I guess it was before, whatever I learned about it. Anyways, um, instead of putting like 100 milligrams or something of uh, caffeine in those cups of coffee, they put like 500 to 1,000 in each cup of coffee. So you know, that's like 10, 15, whatever it is. I mean, that's thousands of milligrams of caffeine and it sent these dudes in the hospitals for days. They lost like... 50 pounds they were going nuts they couldn't sleep yeah that's gonna give you cancer it's gonna kill you mm-hmm. but it, just because the study was screwed up so i totally understand where you're coming from and where they're coming from with this Yeah, this is just crazy absolute minimum level that may cause harm adds about 140,000 milligrams a day now 140,000 milligrams a day is 4,700 Thirty-three fluid ounces. That's more than monsters and coffee I drink during the week. Oh, Lacroix. <laughs> that's five. That that's basically the equivalent of five hundred can, like eight ounce cans of soda, a day. This is this is the amount that they figured out through these mice that you would have to ingest. On a Were daily... they just pumping them constantly with the fluid, or is it like some well, this super is, concentrated are, amount? Well, these are equivalents, so mm-hmm. you know mice compared to humans. But it's equivalent to about 500 cans of soda a day. That much of Roundup you would have to ingest to hit the cancer mark. Just, just to recognize. And then they're going to downscale it to 30,000, which is still like 1,000... You know, it's a thousand ounces a day of a fluid, which is, no one drinks a thousand, you can't drink a thousand ounces of water a day. Well, you can, but you wouldn't feel very good and you'd be in the bathroom the whole day. Then, because they want to adjust it for children, they lower that number by about 80%. Okay, so now you're at 30,000 milligrams a day. Then they divide it by 10 because they want to make sure that we're super safe. Okay, so now we're at 3,000 milligrams a day. Then for safety, to figure out the minimum level, they mul- they divide it by 100. So now we're at 30 milligrams a day. Okay. <laughs> Wait, this is, what? This is how they figure out the level. This is how the EPA figures out the level of what's okay for you to have. So it's way less than the absolute minimum that they would give to mice and it would cause any issues. Then California does what California does. They take the EPA standard and they lower that standard by 97%. Okay, so now we're at 1.1 oh milligrams per day you're allowed to have by this. So how so would you... I could have 1.1 in California, I could have mm-hmm. 1.1 milligram of, of uh, weed killer yeah, right, a day right. and it'd be completely fine. Yeah. So how much would you have to eat cereal-wise to get to 1.1 milligrams a day? You would have to have 80 bowls a day every day for 80 years, and that would give you a 1 in 10,000 chance of having harm against you. Oh my gosh, I've never even thought of General Mills or, you know, Tony the Tiger's attorneys, but I hope they have big attorneys <laughs> and they go after this. Yeah, this is, this Eight, is, what was it? 80 bowls of cereal a day eight. for 80 years. Yes. And that puts you at a point of being at one in 10,000 
chances of getting cancer from this. Let's just notice that a normal box of like Cheerios, like the family size one, I'm going to say is like at most 100 ounces. Well, I'm talking about bowl, like a basic bowl, average bowl, middle of the road. The, well, it's, it's probably, probably, you can probably get eight bowls out of it, maybe. Yeah, a family size. I'd say you probably get eight full bowls, ten at most if you're not like so at you're the brim. Eating eight to ten boxes of Cheerios a day. A day. And you have to do that for 80 years. Can you imagine what your colon's going through? <laughs> not just your colon, but what's the, going through your colon? Yeah, the. Uh, you wear out the uh, flap valve in your toilet. Oh, you're just, you're just, that's when you get those the Indian, uh, you know, dot not feather style like toilets where you just crouch in your backyard because it's just this long. <laughs> Thank you. The Play-Doh machine. Yeah, yeah you just we like just push your stomach real, and then we just went real junior high there. Hey man, it's true. That's what's but gonna happen. This this kind of reporting drives me nuts because the average person out there doesn't have the the time to go back and make sure that what news media is reporting. Uh, but everybody, this comes re- directly about six months ago, there was uh, a guy who sued Monsanto and won the initial lawsuit was like $2 billion because he had been in lawn care at some golf course, used this stuff all the time, and supposedly his cancer, they're saying, has come from it. And it's a possibility. It's like a one in whatever chance uh, that he could get it from this, from Roundup. But if you get a sympathetic jury, they're going to award money just because big companies deserve to get punished, right? And this is going to get appealed down, and he'll probably end up with millions of dollars still. But the reality is is that uh, the news media needs to stop reporting this kind of stuff as fact. Because it's not. And Stu here, again, he's a guy who's drank an entire cup. Now, he'll say, this is not something you should do on a regular basis. This stuff tastes awful. But he, he's done it several times. He's drank different fluids that people have said are cancerous, and they're not, just to prove a point. He's also, the other thing he's drinking is fracking fluid, which... Um, this stuff is supposedly going to make your faucets explode, right? Yeah, all that kind of stuff. So it... It becomes a really interesting thing, but it it, it does uh, mean that all of us, as we're watching things and we watching things come through the news media, and uh, as people are sharing stories on Facebook, that that you cannot take what it says on the surface as truth. You have to dig. Everybody has an agenda. Everybody's pushing some uh, the public in a certain direction. And you should not be a bandwagoner. You should not fall for all of this stuff. You should be like the cynical Gen Xer, the old guy here, and question it all. Because right. I don't really think anybody's telling you the truth. Yeah, and here's another question before we get into the new, our next thing is, um, so Nebraska is going to start testing high school students for nicotine levels to participate in sports and other curricular activities. Right. Why are they actually doing that? No. It, it, here, I think it's completely wrong. Um, because, look, I was 18 and 19 when I was in high school. I had every legal right, if I wanted to, um, to smoke a cigarette, to vape, chew nicotine gum, whatever it is. I had every legal right to do that. My school 
cannot discriminate against me on that. Like, there's nothing they can tell me because the, the idea is that curricular activities. Well, they, they would say, because there's going to be some form you signed to be on some sports team or that you signed that you agree to the student handbook or something like that, and it's going to be written in there. And the only way to get around that is you would have to sue the school system. And I, here's the thing, the, the, like, or here's the thing. I don't know why the heck they're really doing this other than it's going to be money. But here's what, here's just what's going to happen. Because you can get nicotine into your body I, I like the same amount of ways you can get THC in your body. Yeah, it can it, be through oil. It can be through yeah, skin it, contact. You can breathe it. Absorb it through your skin. You can, you can drink it and not even know it because you know what? Nicotine doesn't really taste like anything uh, when you mix it with things. So what's going to happen is you're going to have all these kids going to go to some sporting event. Hey, here's an easy way to get rid of them. Go buy them all sodas. Just some vape juice in there. They won't notice. Drink it. Oh, they all tested positive for nicotine. Bang, 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 bang. They're out of competition or mm-hmm. whatever. That's exactly what this is going to be used for. And then you're going to have schools that aren't even going to test for it. They're, it's going to be like a random drug test. Like, oh, there's nicotine in your system. You're screwed. I was in the car. My dad was smoking a cigarette. Well, you're dead. Secondhand smoke kills you again. Yeah, back in school. Kills your grades, too. <laughs> um, but this is another one of those question everything. So what is the reality of them actually doing this? Why are they doing this? I don't know. I really can't come up with an actual reason because I don't think it's because people actually give a crap about what this is. <laughs> I think it's Teenagers because... Teenagers have been smoking since... Forever, yeah, you know. Since I think cigarettes this, became cigarettes. I think this is the the, the ATF, the alcohol, tobacco, firearms thing, right? But that's what they're called. I think it's because, I mean, technically, tobacco is not on a decline; it's actually going up in the United States. But they're preparing themselves for the future, which is just going to be nicotine intake. So tobacco is going to be like the ANF or something instead of the ATF. Um, so then they're going to be <laughs> able to enforce nicotine. Right, because they're already working. It's been years, but they're still working on vaporized alcohol, where you can consume it, and within ten minutes you're sober again, because your body doesn't have to process it through your liver. It goes through your bloodstream, and then it's gone. Yeah, yeah, it's really the, the science it's, is really nuanced. Look it up. I'm serious. Still, Look it up. I know, as, but it's still gonna get processed through your liver. But I'm saying it's not. It doesn't go through the same the same way. It's it's just like a chemical versus um, the actual liquid, the hard substance getting through you. But you like get wasted for a couple minutes and then you just like sober up and you're gonna run into a lot of issues with that. anyways the, the, just question everything okay just question everything that comes through the major news channels nothing's allowed certainly don't everything qu- is permitted don't don't question the old guy in the man child podcast show though. yeah don't question us just <laughs> subscribe and donate to the show <laughs> remember go to anchor.com slash fm uh, so there's a couple sociological trends that I think are interesting Okay. that we I want to get your take on. Uh, first is, this is out of the San Diego Union Tribune, and they did a story recently that they found out that Americans make up Mexico's largest demographic of immigrants. Oh, because we get rich down there. I mean, you can go down there with $100,000, and I think it's... I, you know what? I'll just look it up and make sure I'm... But you, it's like increases exponentially. Yeah, and that's exactly what it is. The story, uh, the main story is Tijuana in Baja, California. And they, people moved down there for the tacos or the music or the nightlife, the story goes. But they stay to live a less expensive lifestyle or to retire on the beach 
and the stand uh, in the sand. In American immigrants live the Mexican dream can have the same hopes and goals of the Mexican immigrants in the U.S. to get a little ahead or start a new life. Uh, there may be more Americans living south of the border than previously noticed, but it's certainly becoming more. And the Mexican government has determined Americans are actually Mexico's largest group of immigrants. And the southbound surge uh, during a speech last week uh, from, the Me from Mexico's president, he promoted friendship between the countries and he said, a little cited fact is that in Mexico, there are about 1.2 million Americans. That is, our two countries are protagonists of the largest demographic exchange in the world. Here, $100,000 in U.S. Mm -hmm. in pesos. How much do you think it is? Uh, it's probably about $10 million in pesos. Well, it's like 1.2. Oh, no, it's actually, no. That's almost that's almost $2 million right there. Just 100 bucks is 2,000 pesos. You said 100,000. Yeah, 100,000 U.S. American is $2, two million, million in pesos. pesos. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so check, it check it tomorrow, it'll change. Yeah, uh, that's what happened in Canada. When I was, I was yeah, when I was stationed in the Air Force down in Texas, pesos were, this is back in the 80s, and pesos were going up left, and you, you didn't know what the heck those things were going to be. When it's low, go buy all the stuff you want, and then. Yeah, well, I, I mean, they bar, everywhere I went there, it was barter. There wasn't a static price for anything. So you would uh, walk into a shop and tell them you'd give so much money for this, and it was it was all barter back and forth. So but there yeah, wasn't I mean, a set the, price. Like, they they just sense. wanted the hard currency. They wanted dollars. They didn't want their own. Yeah, they don't care. Whatever you give them is still going to be worth more than one peso over there. But yeah, yeah that makes sense. Interesting story that Amer more Americans are immigrants in Mexico than yeah. anywhere else. So and then back on the other side of the border, you have states like Texas. And Texas gained almost nine Hispanic residents for every additional white resident last year. So a new, new census estimate shows Texas Hispanic population growth continues to surpass white population growth with Hispanics on pace to soon represent a plurality. The gap between Texas Hispanics and white populations continued to narrow last year <coughs> Excuse me, when the state gained almost nine Hispanic residents for every additional white. With Hispanics expected to become the largest population group in Texas as soon as 2022, new population estimates released Thursday by the U.S. Census Bureau showed that the Hispanic population climbed nearly 11.4 million, an annual gain of 214,000 through July 2018, and an increase of 1.9 million since 2010. Now, this is kind of interesting. Uh, number one, because... Uh, Texas is a deeply red state with a couple of purple slash blue counties in it, namely Austin, mm -hmm. Houston. But in general, the, the state's always been red. And it is a widely held belief that if uh, since California has switched to an entirely blue state and they've changed the nature of local politics there, that uh, no, no Republicans ever going to make it back to the governorship or uh, any Republican um, presidential candidate just is never going to make it through California anymore, that now that California is gone, uh, which voted for Ronald Reagan, um, now Texas, if this 
uh, population changeover happens. In general, even though Hispanics have more in line socially uh, with uh, thought process of conservatives or Republicans, uh, in general, because they're an underclass uh, or below uh, middle class in general, that they tend to vote Democratic. And so if this continues on, there's a very good chance that Texas may turn into a Democratic state. And uh, this is uh, an old guy prediction, along with a lot of other people, that's a commonly held belief, that if Texas goes Democratic in the Electoral College, there will never again be a Republican president. So No, I, I disagree. And I'll, I mean, maybe... Um... No, I just don't. I, I disagree. I think there will be a pretty good stretch where there's not a Republican president. But what you're going to see is – actually, I don't think people are – the American people are as stupid as everyone makes them out to be. right? Everyone thinks they're just going to bow down with oppression. So that's what's going to happen. We're going to go broke. Nothing's going to matter anymore. And then the first people to get like killed – or suicided, or whatever. So what is suicided? You know what suicided is. It's where you commit suicide, but you put two bullets in the front and back of your head. Hmm. Bullet yeah, you in did the it brain by yourself. Yeah. yeah, one bullet in the head, one to the heart, and one to the gut. Yeah. yeah you did do it all you get, at the same time. How do you personally shoot yourself in the forehead and then in the back of the head at the same time? You got suicided. <laughs> um, so you're going to have all that kind of stuff going on. Because it's failing, it's going to be all the weird hipster kind of guys like me um, that are just wusses. So, <laughs> but is me that what you're calling down, yourself? I'm, I'm people like me, but total wusses, right? So I, I like the Lacroix, I like the espressos and things like that. I like all that kind of things. I think they're great things. I think they're part of American culture. Um, but I'm conservative. I still like guns. Um, I will run you over with a truck. I like hybrids because I think they're really cool. I Why think are you electric- going to run me over with a truck? Because I can. It's America. Get over it. America. Well, actually, you won't get over it. I'll get over you because right. I'm in a car. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I get all this kind of I stuff. I am proud that to I'm- be your speed bump, man child. Oh, thanks, Dad. When I get old enough to wear diapers, you can feel free to hit me with a truck. All right. Let's see what God says about that. Anyways, um, so yeah, there's all these things I really like, but when push comes to shove, I, you know, I'm gonna uphold my American constitutional rights and everyone else where they're like, uh, well, a foreign government is in control of my state now. What what does your constitutional rights have to be with changing demographics? What what I'm saying is eventually the country's gonna collapse. Oh, so you're predicting? No I'm, more... not, I'm not. I'm not predicting anything crazy. It's just what's gonna happen where. Uh, there's a reason there's not Federalists or the Whig Party anymore because they just live left to ruin. Everything is collapsing under them until new parties started forming or other ones took control where they're at and took the majority. That's what's going to happen is you're going to have these people come in. They're going to start going way, 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 way heavier, and then you're going to have a new um, the new Federalists or the new whatever, and then it's going to shift all over again. And then you're gonna have the grand old party come back up again, or whatever it's gonna be. Well, the, you're gonna know everything's gonna fall. The Republican Party is crap. the oldest political party. That technically, yeah, I, the Democrats haven't been around as long as the Republicans. Yeah, um, that party's changed several times. So, yeah, we'll see. But part of this comes from as well that our next story that about uh, people are leaving high tax states very quickly and what happens is 
uh, in states like New York, California, Illinois, is they tend to leave those states and go to states like Texas, where there's not a lot of taxes. Mm -hmm. In fact, um, Texas doesn't have a state income tax. So you can leave New York and go to Texas or Florida or one of these other southwest, south or southwestern states. Get a huge house. Get a huge house. You could be making the same amount of money, but it's a net positive for your family because you're paying less taxes. Now, in the meantime, these people are leaving those states tend to be uh, Democrats, and they're bringing their Democratic values with them to the new states where they pay less taxes. And over time, they start changing the local laws to become more like the state they left. And this is why there's a big uh, push in a lot of states like Texas to say, just stay home. <laughs> stay back in California. Don't come here and wreck us. But the um, a lot of people are blaming the the last Trump tax law because it put a state a cap on state and local tax deductions. So you can only deduct so much and that's causing a problem for a lot of these folks because uh, they live in states that like to tax their, their income and they're paying uh, a premium to live in those states. And so why not move to a state like Texas or Florida where they're not going to pay any income tax and, um, they have, uh, there's, the story here is that the tax climate, like in Florida, along with wealthy people and individuals whose jobs do not require them to be tied to a specific location, that they're moving all across the country and moving to these states that um, don't have any tax, income tax, like Florida, Texas, Nevada, and this is changing the dynamic and the political uh, nature of those states as they move around the country this way. And so it's really an interesting dynamic. I think it's going to change politics moving forward because um, when you have people thinking one way and then they go back another way, they, they go to another part in the country and become start to become a, a major minority there, but right. then eventually a majority. They change the way things are happening. Same thing. It's going to flip at some point. Everyone's going to leave California and go to Texas. Everyone in Texas is going to go to California, so Texas is going to become this complete crap whole place at some point or at least well, the, big the bigger center the of big, it's going to be well, the big cities well it's already um, give it 50 years san francisco is going to be one of the best places in the, the country mm -hmm. because you're going to have all this well it'll certainly be more fertile because yeah. of all the poop yeah you're going to have that i think that city is probably going to turn around and become a big capital of the world um other than new york because i think all the conservatives are going to go up there i mean hopefully i don't know i don't know if that'll ever work i don't I don't think Republicans themselves can fix anything because they're, they're so stupid. All, the, yeah, all, all I, this politics stuff is just so stupid. Just yeah, it's, do what's right. Be it, human. Right. Be be kind to each other. Be kind. What did uh, Bill and Ted say? Be excellent to be each other. Be most excellent, my be dude. Be most excellent to each other. So this is a, a story about... I saw something about this. It looks like total bull crap. Uh, no, it's not, actually. These are x-rays and i want little horns in the back of my head well you you can't feel the horns because this is where tendons attach to your head right. so it's spots where these tendons are pulling on your bone and pulling the bone out and the 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 tendons being pulled so much your body's natural tendency is to grow extra bone to support where the tendon attaches so uh, what we're getting at is these stories that have been coming out 
Uh, the one I'm looking at now is from uh, actually Australia. Younger generations are growing horns in the back of their head. And this is because um, people in general are looking down at technology and, their, and specifically their smartphones all the time. And they're hunched over. Now, these the thing is, is that you typically see these conditions where in the back of the head specifically where a tendon attaches to the bottom of the skull, you tend to see these horns starting to coming out in older people because uh, they've lost a lot of muscle strength and their older people tend to have less uh, or not as good a posture as younger people because mm -hmm. they've, they've lost bone density. They've lost, um, some of their motor skills, they've lost. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're old, they're looking down a lot. Yeah. Great. Well, they're hunched over. Yeah. The old guy that walks around mumbling, he's probably got a cane in his shoulder. You, shoulders. you don't have a cane yet, Dad. Thank you. Uh, but the younger generations are starting to show symptoms of people who are 70 or 80 year, years old. How, well, these... how, how younger is this going? Because I hate when people say, young people, because everyone concludes like 35 and younger as young people but it, look i look down just as much as you probably look down you know when i was bored at the store i just looked down my shoes and i like skipped over the line well, let me answer your question it's okay right then here get in the to store. It. go for it the doctor who could, who did this study looked at 218 x-ray images of people aged between 18 and 30 exactly there you go again and found 41 percent had developed a horn-like bumpy lump at the back of their heads ranging in size from 10 millimeters to 30 millimeters uh, okay does it say anything about like he just looked at random x-rays now between those ages yeah and you know 10 millimeters and 30 millimeters really isn't that big i mean it's minuscule yeah it's very so you can't even call it a horn then it's just like mild mild bumps it's a horn shape oh yeah it's a horn shape but yeah 30 millimeters is about a, a third of a centimeter yeah so it's but it's there it's evident and you know they blow them up now this one on this person in one x-ray they show in the story is 2.7 centimeter that's pretty big 2.2 yeah. Not 2.7. Oh, I'm sorry. It was, was like 3 centimeters is pretty... 2.17. I missed the yeah, 2.17. So but that 2 centimeters is quite long. That's, you know, that's about... Well, I would want to see the whole cases because if you're just looking at between 18 and 30-year-old random x-rays of their heads... Well, look, if you're already in the hospital, you already got something. I don't know. It just it just seems a little weird. It's like, I'm going to a cancer facility to go look at x-rays of livers. Oh, 18, 30-year-olds have a 45% chance of having cancer in their liver. Well, yeah, you went to a hospital where they focus on cancer, and you only looked at x-rays of people with cancer. What, what did you expect to find yeah. looking at their... So that, that's where I'm a little dubious and question everything about that. Well, you can go look at the show notes and do some more study and get back to us on that. Oh, I don't need to get back to it because it's total bullcrap. You know why? Because it's a BBC. It's British. Oh, it's British. They don't know how to take care of their teeth, so they can't take care of anything else. Okay. Just saying. Just saying. Yeah, and speaking of not being able to take care of stuff, so Monopoly's coming out. Oh, is this the thing where they take away the money? 
Yeah, it's a cashless Monopoly game. This is bonkers to me. Hasbro announced Wednesday it will release a version of the classic board game Monopoly designed for the digital age. But financial experts argue the game's new design could deprive children of important financial lessons. Yeah. So the latest edition of Monopoly, uh, gone in the latest edition, is gone are the paper money and community chess cards. Instead, the board game now comes with a voice-controlled artificial intelligence device shaped like a top hat, designed to prevent cheating. Players will now press a button on the top hat and dictate commands such as paying rent or trading properties. The game is set to be released on July 1st and is available for pre-order at Walmart and Amazon. But I, I, you haven't always appreciated playing Monopoly. Um, well, it took me a really long time to understand it. But here's the difficulty But it does uh, being the youngest child. I got three siblings that know how to play it, and then I got you. So that when I play, play it, there's already three people, four people there that know how to play it, and I'm just there. No one wants to explain it to me. They just want to get over with the game. So, yeah, it takes it takes me forever to learn how to play all these other games because all my other siblings know how to do it. And they're like, we know what we're doing. Just the kill by himself. Oh. So they go do their own thing. So I had no idea what I was doing. Now I know how to play it for the most part. Um, but, like, what, what is this? You hit a top end and say, okay, Uncle Moneybags, play, blah, blah, blah. Pay my rent. No, no, no. You are broke. Well, I highly doubt this top hat thing can be considered artificial intelligence. No, it's all crap. It, I mean, it, it's everything's bull crap. <laughs> this what everything. It's not eight. It's not artificial intelligence. It's not machine learning. It's just freaking. It's not. It's just programmed that when it hears a phrase that sounds, if it hears this sound, which is just me saying, "Okay, top hat, pay my bill." You say that with enough people saying that, it, it knows in general that if it hears this sound, which is that sentence, to respond with this selection of other sounds, which is it saying, okay. That, yeah, that's I, it. That's not artificial intelligence. It's not forming sentences that you didn't already write for it to say. Okay. Or pre-record as MP3 files that you stuck in the Well, yeah, head. you're going to... Someone's gonna drop it. It's just gonna be like a really old iPod but that I, no one wanted to buy. Yeah, there's a. I remember when I was a teenager. Um, this is when uh, credit cards started to proliferate. Proliferate. What do you know what I'm saying? Um, started to become very um, ingrained in our culture. So this is back mid late '80s. Um, not that there wasn't credit cards before then, right. but credit. Um, Back then, started getting real cheap. Yeah, and then and you were it, also you. That's also the time the, the magnetic strip was becoming like it's yeah. just an easy swipe. Yeah, and they stopped the, the kachunka chunka uh, credit card reader. So things started progressing in that way, and um, they did all kinds of studies and realized that people um, who care, paid with cash compared to people who paid with credit cards that it became quite evident that if you were using your credit card, you tended to spend about 20% more mm -hmm. on items than if you were paying cash, number one. Number two is that when you play games like Monopoly where you have to 
hold the money. They also cite the game of life in the article. That, that teaches you how to make change, something that is lost on specifically the Zoomers. It, you walk into most places, and if their cash register is not working at that point in time, they have no idea how to make change. Or do the old, oh, it's it's $21 and some change. Here's here's a few change. Make up the difference so I get like a full quarterback. Uh, that just blows their mind. They can't figure that out. What, what do you mean make up the difference so I get a full quarterback? Well, like let's say it's um, $20.49. Okay. So uh, So I give you four pennies. Okay. And two dimes. Okay, so you get fifteen cents or thirteen cents. Or you said two pennies? Four pennies. Okay, forty nine four cents. Forty nine cents. So four pennies and I give you two dimes plus the what did I say? It was twenty twenty dollars and forty nine cents. So I give you uh twenty one dollars and I don't, know, I don't know what I'm trying to say. No, I don't either. Like, are you trying to say this is what I? No, I've I've given maybe. somebody like enough to get change back correctly, and I just messed it up in my head when I was saying. Well, look, if you're just like it, you know, here's a twenty. Can I get three fives back? And you know, they're like, oh, well, it says it's thirteen dollars. I don't under, or it's not, you know, it's fifteen dollars, yeah. but it's it's a ten. And ones is the way it's telling you to do it. They don't get like you just, just give me two fives. That's yeah. good. Um, but here, here's what I'll say. Um, like I, va- I super vaguely remember money, uh, being taught by you and mom when I was a little kid. I remember counting my pennies, counting to one hundred, thinking one dollar was a lot. That's why I really remember nickels and dimes, and I still get those backwards a lot. Nickels no, are completely different but, sizes. But I, I get that. The names and what they relate to. And the, here's my thing before it. The amount of times I use it in my daily life or working is so minute that it means like nothing. Okay. So like um, that, that's been the hardest part of doing retail anywhere is doing cash because people expect it to go as quickly as just swiping your card. But when – over 90% of my interactions and transactions are just with card. And it's just this mind, mindless. Mm-hmm. Da, da, da. I am not prepared when someone gives me a whole bunch of cash in hand. It's ones and twenties and tens. And it's just like a pile of change. And I'm trying to count it out. And they're just, well, hurry up. Well, you know what? I wasn't trained to do that. Um, I'm sure back in your day, there was some kind <laughs> of thing that someone sat down at some point and was like, okay, this is whatever, whatever. Do it. Don't mess up. Um, or in school, they talked about it. Or mom and dad talked about it. No one talks about it anymore. No one talk. They just complain about my generation sucking at making change. Great, yeah. but they don't teach it in school. They don't even teach finances in school or budgeting. So how the heck are we supposed to know how yeah. to? Well, that, to break change? that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's not those kind of skills aren't taught anymore. But then we're also the games that now arguably. Most people who are playing Monopoly that are your generation, they're probably playing it on a tablet. Or is there a, an app for Monopoly? Yes, there's an app for Monopoly. So they're oh. probably playing it on a tablet or their phone anyway, so they're not making changes. It is. It all gets automated all that way. But I, I, I think it's sad. It's a game I grew up with. 
that my brothers and I, and sometimes my brothers cheated, not saying I ever cheated. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I cheated was, all the time. It was a game. Hey, look over there, and, took and it money. and it was a game that sometimes could go on for a really long time. And on a rainy Saturday afternoon, it was a good game to play. Mm-hmm. And it taught you social skills, bartering, because we were always bartering, trying to buy properties or get ourselves out of debt. Um, I, it just taught a lot of skills, and I hate to see the uh, paper side, the paper money side of that go away. Yeah. So a couple of uh, very positive stories to um, end our time today for episode 11. Uh, there's a new living drug which offers hope to terminal cannabis uh, blood cancer page- patients. Uh, this is coming out of the National Health System in uh, Brit- Britain. And um, the, car- the therapy is called CART-T, and it's a living drug that is tailor-made for each patient using their body's own cells. So doctors at King's College Hospital in London said some patients were being completely cured in a way that had never been seen before. So CART-T is a personalized medicine that is developed for each individual patient. First, parts of the immune system, specifically white blood cells called T-cells, are removed from the patient's blood. They're frozen in liquid nitrogen and sent to laboratories where? In the United States. There, the white blood cells are genetically programmed so that rather than killing bacteria and viruses, they seek out and destroy the cancer that's affecting hmm. uh, their, their human that they came out of. And so this has been a really effective method for fighting specifically lymphomas. And uh, it's had a really high success rate. And I think it's pretty interesting uh, clinical trials have shown 40% of patients that had signs of their otherwise untreatable terminal lymphoma eliminated from their body 15 months after the treatment started. Interesting. So that's a pretty, when you think about how toxic chemotherapy could be and some of these people having a, a untreatable lymphoma, that 40% of them would be given life back. I think that's a really positive thing. Um, it does go on the other side of this that the national health system in london couldn't come up with this it's actually a treatment that came out of the united states and they have to send stuff back to the united states to get it done because no matter what the local news media tells you we still have the best um health system in the world um although there are people that fall through the cracks but this is a really good story and i i hope to see more treatments and more clinical studies of this kind of stuff coming up. Your grandfather was one of the, he had a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Right. And he was one of the first, uh, they they were testing new stem cell treatments on him, uh, which ultimately gave him, um, put him in remission from stage four uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and gave him a few years of really productive life before, unfortunately, the cancer came back and, and took it away. So... Um, those kind of treatments are great, and in the long run, maybe maybe the Biden administration's going to get it done cancer. for us and cure cancer for us. Can, my, can they cure my Graves' disease while they're at it? Well, they can try. I mean, I don't know what they would do because my my white blood cells think I'm the illness. Mm-hmm. That's the main thing. Yeah, it's an autoimmune disease. Yeah, so can they just take it and, like, I don't, I don't even know. I don't know. What would you do with it? It's like training a, a blind dog that's deaf. <laughs> what do you do it just barks and bites everything 
You well, can't you, really you gotta, train. You got to tap on stuff so that it can feel the vibrations, and then and then it just bites you and it just bites yeah. and barks and poops. That's all it does. Yeah. And the last positive story that I want to leave everybody with is uh, out of Bloomberg this week. Uh, Toys R Us back from the dead will open stores in 2019. Now this Ooh. is this is going to be a very limited opening. The stores are going to be about a third the size of what they were before, about 10,000 10, square feet, which actually is pretty small. That's getting towards uh, strip mall size. Mm-hmm. And the locations will also have more experiences for kids to uh, engage in, and they'll have play areas. Uh, this will help uh, with the venture capitalists and all their startup costs. And um, part of when they were going into bankruptcy, they were really working hard to save the Toys R Us name, which they were able to do. Um, so they they've went back in. <coughs> excuse me. They've went back in with places such as Hasbro and Mattel to uh, start thinking about uh, selling them toys again. But of course, in the meantime, Amazon, Target, Walmart have all filled the void where Toys R Us left. And I noticed this last Christmas when Toys R Us was going bankrupt, that Walmart, they always do at Christmas time, expand their toy section, but it never retreated. It stayed just as big as it was at Christmas time, which told me that uh, Walmart was picking up some of the gap uh, that was left behind when Toys R Us went under. I don't really shop Target very much. Of course, Amazon is what it is. You can't tell what how big a store Amazon is. It just is. Um, but I didn't realize this, but other stores like Party City, Hold Co- Holding Company, Inc. has a lot of different kinds of grocery stores. Uh, I t- Party City and then also a lot of different kinds of grocery stores have picked up selling toys as well to kind of fill in the gap where Toys R Us left. So it'll be interesting to see how all this comes um, around. Little Tykes, um, the company that sells Bratz dolls, these are all companies that have jumped in and said, we're going to start selling toys through Toys R Us. Uh, They'll probably get some toys that will come through exclusively for Toys R Us. Uh, But the deal is is that uh, Toys R Us and Babies R Us will be back together it's gonna. They're gonna open some stores in Australia here pretty soon, uh, and then it'll be going around the world. It'll be a pretty limited opening, I doubt, in uh, smaller communities that you'll probably see. If you had a Toys R Us before, you're probably not gonna see one again. But in larger cities of uh, like Chicago or uh, New York or Dallas, places like that, you're probably gonna see Toys R Uses again, which. Again, I think is really a good thing, and it's very positive that we have a retailer like that that went under. But um, well, through- the thing was, they never actually went away because the company still exists. And inside Kroger, if I believe it's Kroger, um, all those uh, brand of stores, they have these little display cases. But mm-hmm. um, well, I don't know, they're like just cardboard stands, and they just sell specific toys. But so the brand still exists. The company's still there, even yeah. though their CEO screwed them over huge, big time. Um, so this is just I thought I, I was thinking like I don't think Toys R Us is gone forever. Like you can't. There's just so much yeah. like 
it's moment. Like, There's so many yeah. people that just want Toys R Us to exist. Yeah, it's very iconic. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it's uh, it'll be great to have them back. I always liked it, especially their clearance aisle. <laughs> I haven't been in Toys R Us in a long time, but if they open up, I'll definitely go back. Awesome. Well, that's about it for today. We'll be broadcasting from the basement again next week. I'm the old guy. And I'm the man-child. Don't forget to cross your stream with ours. And don't forget to tell your friends about the Twinkie. Until next week, don't fall up a down elevator. And remember, if I don't make it back, you made me come here. Thanks again for listening. All right, deuces, guys. Take care. bloodpumpmedia.com